It's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, Heavy Hole Podcast, my co-host. Welcome him back to the show. Rick Habib, how are you, sir? Hey, how you doing there, Willie? What's up, man? Feeling okay. I've never called you Willie before. <laughs> it's it, like my, it, uh... it fit with the voice you were using. It was, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I got my... uncles and cousins named Willie, so I grew up here. In, uh... Oh, hey, Willie, how you doing? Yeah, my... um. I have two uncles that that call, uh, my that both called me Willie growing up, man. That, mm. that was about it, man. It was like I don't think like the other school kids. I definitely was not trying to let them get away with calling me Willie, but it was like older. Yeah. <laughs> an older yeah. uncle is like who the only person who should be adding the little e to the end of your name. You know what I mean? Exactly. Especially if, if there's other Williams in your family, they're gonna have to call you whatever Willie, Willie, yeah. you know, Bill, whatever. Yeah, we got a cut of difference. Good. I I I use the word I use Bill sometimes, like when I'm. Uh, when I'm paying bills or like like on, on in certain like online things, so I know it's junk mm-hmm. mail. Like if someone calls me Bill, I know it's a wrap right there. You know what I mean, man? That's like a good no deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do the same with Dick. Yeah, when I go by Dick. Then <laughs> I know it's junk. <laughs> it's junk. Dude, we just gave away so many secrets to the game right now, man. I know. I know. Uh, Rick, um, we got some shit coming up. We're doing some crazy stuff, man. You talking about Dick, Rick? We're talking about Reek. All right, <laughs> Rick, freaking horror. We're going on the road. It's about a week. By the time the listeners, as the listeners are hearing this episode drop, um, we are probably going to be in the. Uh, I think that's gonna. I think we're gonna be in Richmond, Virginia that day, man. We're gonna recalibrate. We're, we're gonna recap all the tour dates for this upcoming Reeking Ore tour, where we go through Delaware, the Ca- the Carolinas, um, uh, uh, Maryland, Florida. Florida. <laughs> we're, we're all over the South coming up with Atoll. Pyrexia and animals killing people. We're gonna give you the dates at the end, along with a couple of recommendos, man. Um, but Rick, you've been you've been in the lab tinkering like Doctor Doom, uh, or Mole Man, whichever the listeners <laughs> prefer to picture you as, uh, with this this ingredient, this flask. People people should check it out. Flask uh, on, the, on the reeking or uh, uh, social media. Um, tell us about this process, or yeah, if you don't want to divulge. I, 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 I whipped it together today. Nice. Uh, I ordered these flat. Oh yeah. So I have a, a laser printer, uh, laser printer. <laughs> this is 1999. <laughs> I have a 3d printer. You, you probably use uh, that so- for grace guys falling back in the day. A laser, <laughs> yeah, a laser I printer. Yeah. We, I started that band with dot matrix printers. I'm not even fucking joking, dude. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, um, it's a 3D printer with the laser engraver. So we make our own merch uh, for the most part, which is, you know, it uh, saves a little money. It's it's good to have. It's a good investment. Um, uh, so I, we bought these uh, nice, beautiful flasks and we engraved the logo with some beautiful lyrics on the back. And they came out really nice, man. And uh, there's some interest in these flasks already from uh, the people that enjoy um, their their beverages and vibing in, in their beverages. And uh, I think they're going to move. They're going to move quick on this tour. We yeah, we're going to have flasks, hip flasks. Um, and fishing lures on this tour of the Carolinas, Florida, Georgia. We're coming at you hard, Virginia. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah, we're coming at you real hard this this time. We cover going. all the necessities, the basic yeah. necessities. Yeah, we tried and the to, grinders. We, last time we went down south, we had hooded sweatshirts. They did sell. They did sell. <laughs> luckily, but like now we're coming at you full force. We got t-shirts. You can cut off the sleeves if you want. Hop on the tractor, do what you got, or the pickup truck, do what you got. I've been looking into to pickup trucks. I think this is going to be a good thing because I've actually, you know, I, I got the Jeep. Right. Shout to Sal. 
respectfully, I'm going to say today. Yeah, I, yeah. I did, after many buckshot facelift rides to rehearsal uh, and to shows and things like that, and I, 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 I thought uh, Sal's Jeep Patriot was a formidable vehicle. So I um, invested in one myself many years ago. Now I'm looking towards pickup trucks, mm. extended cab. Um, I'm, I, but I don't know. Like I'm not. I've been listening to a little country music, just trying to get the feel of it. But I don't know a lot about mm-hmm. pickup trucks. If our listeners want to weigh in, heavyholepodcast at gmail dot com. I think this Pyrexia Atoll Animals Killing People tour we're about to do with Reeking Aura of this of the Great American South. I'm going to use this to try to like really check out pickup trucks along the way and weigh like weigh my eye. Like which one do I want a Dodge Ram? Do I want a Toyota Tacoma? Probably not. Mm. Do I want a uh, Ford F-150? Ford F-250. Do I want a Ford F-3? Do they make Ford F-350s? I know they used to, I think. You know what I mean? I don't know if they still do. That seems like an awful lot of trucks. The F-150 is pretty fucking big itself. I'm going to get a Ford F-350 and extend the driveway like width-wise just to be (laughs) able to pull in. Um, Sorry, Mom. We're getting rid of the tomato garden. Oh boy, yeah. So that's 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 where I'm at with this sort of thing right now, um, Rick. You're making the merch. You also we we got the grinders in now too. We got a variety. We got a cornucopia of colors. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we, even uh, like I said in the group chat, even even precious lavender, uh, purple yep. pops real nice on there. The logo. Yeah, these these are these are things that we all need. You know, we all need mm-hmm. to have these uh, around. You know, I got mine right here. Yeah, you know, everyone needs to have it. Uh, so just you know, come to the show. We, our merch table is is no joke. Let's be honest here. It's it's, it's pretty it's pretty sick. Uh, we don't even have a black t shirt, and I don't even say that no, like no, it's no. a negative we thing. Do. We that's do. a good. That's a, right now. It's a good thing. Is we're going in the summer. Who wants we, to buy a fucking black shirt we, in, in in Florida? No, Rick, Rick, we got a black shirt. The, the new shirt that's, with the new shirt with the eagle on it is black, bro. Oh. Shit. <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that. That's all right. I'll ask Tom to edit that one. <laughs> yeah, I was doing a little thing there. Oh shit, I all forgot right. about that shirt. All right. That's because it's the new one. We might yeah. keep that in for the listeners. Yeah, That's hey, oh, right, hey, oh, we got black shirts, we got purple shirts, and I like white how, shirts. I like how you segued from the weed grinder into forgetting what color shirts we have. <laughs> that that says it all, man. And not point that we're different, you know. We, we don't need black, but we got it. Not, well, we you don't, don't need it, but we got it. To be honest with you, that was kind of the mindset. And I we invested in in, in art, uh, just like we would with any other shot to Covenzine. Um, we really appreciate that art. Uh, just like any other shirt we would and, and, and went wholeheartedly with it. But yeah, we got the purple shirt. We got the gray shirt. I like the little off colors, man. Black is cool. We, yeah, it's like you always got to keep a standard white ink on black T-shirt for the metal, for those guys, for those those yeah. particular metal guys. That's a brand. But you know what else you got to keep? And I'm going to go on a little pedestal about it. This is also my segue. Um, my soapbox. You got to keep the 4X. You got to keep the 3X. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say you got to keep the five X or the six X. That's too. But, but come on, keep a four X or a three X on the side no. for your boy. Get one. Get two. You know what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to deck me out like DXL, big and tall man's shop. Just keep one on the side, and and maybe I catch it on the Bandcamp release. Maybe I don't. You know what I'm saying? This, That's what, what, I'm saying. this but, is what you do as a former as a former three X uh, gentleman. Um, it was hard to you know you go to a concert. It's hard to hard to even find a shirt in three X most times. So I would I would buy the, I would oh shit I need that shirt though. So I would buy it in two X, 
in hopes of one day being able to fit into a two X, which is not the way you want to, you know, it's not what you want to do. Oh, let That's... me buy this. And in five years, hope that I can fucking wear it. So, uh, yeah, everyone needs to have, uh, yeah, like you said, not a huge amount. You, you got to have some three X's and you got to have a couple of four X's. Cause yeah. those are going to be, like, we even sold the four X hoodie. I mean, yeah. it's going to fly. It's going to sell literal, there's, there's, a literal, a larger couple, man. a literal couple, two, four X's. I'm not asking you to, to, yeah. to buy out the yeah. place, but listen, I, I'm not the expert. You're, you're the, you're the expert on engraving flasks, but not making big and tall man's apparel. So I did phone in the expert. This week we're talking to Phil Trona, uh, not just the guitarist of Ritual Mass, but also an entrepreneur, a local business owner, the man behind Pyre Press. Maybe he made one of the shirts you're wearing out there. I don't know. Let's talk to him. This is Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Phil Trona of Ritual Mass and Bone Graft, also uh, the proprietor of uh, Pyre Press, um, whose apparel you may or may not already be wearing as you listen to this, uh, and also one of the proprietors behind Steel and Bone Productions. We're going to get down to everything. Phil, welcome to the program. How are you? Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you, man. I appreciate you making the time. I know we had a little bit of back and forth behind the scenes trying to set this up. Um, so, uh, you know, right off the bat, we're going to get into it, man. Like I ask every other guest, are you from a musical family? Um, anyone in your background that steered you towards hard rock and heavy metal? And I'm just going to throw this one in for you. Uh, anyone in your in your family or in your background that was maybe involved in some sort of manufacturing or business end of things that might have steered you towards what what you're doing in the scene? Uh, yeah, a little bit. So my dad played guitar. Um, he doesn't really so much anymore, just mostly dabbled with it. Um, but also he did a lot of painting and like illustrating when he was younger. So like, I feel like I get a lot of my more like creative, like artistic sensibilities from him. Um, and then him and my mom also own a business and like a lot of the people in my family over the years have owned businesses. Um, my grandmother, who is an Italian immigrant, owned a restaurant and, um, my uncle, uh, owned a funeral home. And so there's just been a lot of like small business and like, um, I guess you could say DIY, like within my family, like a lot of them also had like more like traditional, like, you know, corporate jobs, so to speak. But like, um, I guess I was kind of always more drawn to like, you know, just kind of like making your own path as far as like, career and livelihood go that's interesting that there's other family members years who are business owners um uh, I, that's why i always kind of ask that uh so getting into music as a as a youngster as i said you play uh you play guitar in ritual mass if i got it correctly right yep that's correct tell me about getting into guitar yourself how old are you um and how long before you discover the harder more metal side of things uh well i started playing guitar when i was a teenager um not really sure exactly how old but like 
I mean, I was always really into like, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. So like growing up, I was like listening to like a lot of the stuff on the radio was like, at the time was like Nirvana and like Alice in Chains. And like, there was a lot of like, alt, like nineties alt rock. So it's like, I feel like that kind of stuff was like very mainstream. So it's like, there was already kind of like an exposure to like not aggressive music, but like guitar based music. So like I discovered punk, like from that sort of, thing and um you know from there i just kind of like got really into like playing music um discovering underground bands and like i didn't really get into metal until i was a little bit older more like late teens early 20s i kind of dove into the underground metal stuff but like yeah i mean i like you know when i was a kid i was like my parents really like pushed me to play like organized sports and like that kind of stuff and it like i quickly found out that it wasn't for me um, and I actually, when I was in elementary school, I tried out for the school band. I wanted to play drums, but they told me I didn't have any rhythm. So I wasn't, they didn't let me play drums. Mm. And so I, I played saxophone in the school band and I hated it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I got into stuff like at a pretty young age, like misfits, black flag, discharge, the Ramones, that sort of thing. And so I, yeah, I picked up a guitar and it felt like at least as far as punk goes, like it was really like digestible and it felt like I could relate to it in terms of like the simplicity of the music and, you know, just being able to like interpret it and then like, you know, then go and make my own songs too. So, um, yeah, I didn't play, start playing drums until a little bit later, but, um, yeah, I kind of like play guitar and then went to drums and then back to guitar. So, Mm. Uh, and, uh, in the area where you grew up, was it easy to access record stores, um, touring bands, underground shows, things like that? No, not really. The area I grew up was like, so I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from like half an hour south of the city. Um, so anytime I wanted to like access any kind of like underground music, I just came to the city, like the town I grew up in. There wasn't like really like local, there was like local bands, but they were like not anything that I was like particularly interested in. Um, anytime I wanted to like buy music, like I would just like go to the mall, you know, like Sam Goody or like FYE or something like that. Like, you know, and there was like a little, like, uh, it was maybe like 10 or 15 minutes from where I grew up. There was like, uh, like a little, like small record store that had like vinyl that I didn't really, I didn't even have a record player. And I bought my first record there. I bought a crass record there when I was like 15, 14 or 15. So, um, yeah, it's kind of like I had to like seek it out a little bit. And it's also like I grew up with skateboarding, too. So it's like a lot of the music, like underground music I heard for the first time was like in skateboarding videos. Um, and it's just like, you know, also this is like when stuff like Napster and like LimeWire and like WinMX and like all that kind of stuff were like pretty popular and like relevant and whatever. So like I was downloading a lot of like random songs that I would hear like in skate videos or like, you know, like if I saw like older punks with like a logo on their jacket or something like that, like I would just like look, go home and like, look it up and like, you know, check it out. And then I just kind of like dope, you know, just dove in from there. You know what I mean? Let, let me ask you this coming from a little bit more of a punk mindset. And I'm just, this is just based on my personal experience on Long Island. I used to go to a lot of punk and hardcore shows when I was in my teens because that was really what was available to me regionally. 
Um, and there was a very strong DIY ethic. I've spoken about it. We had a um, an In Search of Long Island hardcore episode recently. Uh, they did. They would do screen printing. Like there was there was one there was one day where a bunch of bands brought like screens and they would screen whatever people brought right there and you would hang it up and let it dry while the bands played. Being from the punk scene, did that in any way inspire or influence you to get into the merchandising side of things? And like you mentioned before, the DIY side of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like whenever I was a kid and getting into punk, I would like the way I would like represent the bands that I liked was I would just make my own shirts. Like I would create stencils and like spray paint them or I would like, you know, draw logos with like Sharpies or whatever on T-shirts or like, you know, like leather jacket or something like that. Um, So I was like really interested from like a pretty young age, like not only in the music, but like in the artwork and how to like subsequently like recreate that artwork or take similar ideas and make them my own. Um, That always like really interested me, you know? Did you, well, let me ask you, did you start experimenting with um, uh, silk screening early on or does that come later? Uh, No, I did kind of. um, I actually like in high school, I had a graphics class and there was like a segment of that graphics class where they basically introduced you to screen printing and they taught you how to screen print. Um, and I made like a, I don't know, I made like a Misfits or like a Sam Haynes shirt or something like that. And it was like a really primitive setup, but I was like, I was, I just remember being like really blown away by it because it was just like, you know, anything I'd ever done before was like an iron on transfer or like a stencil or like something that was even more primitive than what they were showing me in this class. But I was like, oh, okay, like this is like, this is like how these shirts that I have are made essentially, you know what I mean? And then like later, once I went to college, um, there was actually like the, one of the college, I went to a couple of different colleges, but the one, the second one I went to had a screen printing one one class and I took it and I was, I just like completely fell in love with it. Like I was like obsessed with it. Um, I would like go in app to the, cause they had like a little studio there and I would like go in after hours and like print shirts for like my own bands. Um, it was just like, yeah, I was just like kind of in awe with it, honestly. Like, I thought it was really cool. I thought like making stuff was cool. I thought that like, you know, being able to recreate artwork and like trying to figure out the process behind which to do it correctly and to do it accurately to what I'm seeing on like a computer screen or like on a record. I just, I was just like, completely like fascinated with the whole thing and it just like really just it tied in with punk and like underground music because um they just felt like they went hand in hand you know it just felt like a natural thing because it's like you know there's like the art the visual art that you see and there's the sonic art and like both of those things are so important and what drew me to punk in the first place was like you know, a lot of the visual stuff, you know what I mean? It like, it looked cool. It looked like extreme. It looked like dark. It looked like something I wanted to be into. And then like when those things are married sonically and visually, I was just like really fascinated by the, the whole package of the whole thing, you know? Yeah. It, I, I, I wish I had started a little bit earlier in life. I'm a, I'm an amateur uh, printer. I have my own like little silly, um, uh, silk screening kit and I've you know I've made like varying quality 
designs for my bands. The hard, the trickiest part for me is burning the actual screen. Um, and and most leave- important part. Yeah, dude, and it's hard to get right when you're doing it and you're in this closet you see behind you. The listeners aren't on the Zoom call, but it's, yeah, I mean, because like I said, I'm a total total bedroom amateur, man, you know, with, with this type of thing. Like, the, you know, the, the podcast and the bands are my main thing. I try to leave it up to you guys when I'm ordering shirts for tour. Um, uh, the, the yeah, pro- I mean, when I, when I first started, man, like, I mean, I was printing out of a one-bedroom apartment, you know, um, and then I was later out of a garage that didn't have running water, and then I moved into the, the place that I'm in now, which is where we've been since 2018. So. So, I mean, let, let's talk about that. When did you like, did this just kind of snowball from you starting to make shirts for your friends bands? Uh, Pretty and- much, yeah. So I worked at a, I worked at a shop for like a handful of years and, um, you know, we just, we didn't really like have like a specific niche sort of like pyre does um we kind of just were like do a lot of stuff for like i don't know maybe like the local community or like local businesses or like little leagues or like whatever um and i was just i kind of always felt like you know i mean i could i could do this like what's stopping me from doing this myself so i think i kind of once i realized that like i kind of just like everything i did was sort of like in preparation of that so it's like then I like, I quit that job and I went and I was working at a screen printing supplier here in Pittsburgh. And on the side I, is when I started like really like diving in and like printing in my own time. So I would like work from, uh, eight 30 to five 30 at this like day job where I was like talking about printing all day, every day. And then I would like go into my garage from like, you know, like seven o'clock at night until like two in the morning and just like print for like my friends bands or like whoever wanted to order shit from me really. And like, um, at the end of the day, it was kind of like, my vision was just kind of like, I want to like print for bands. Like, that's what I know. That's what I like. And I want to, I want to print for bands and like, I'm just going to work towards this. And when I can quit my job, I'll quit my job. And that's eventually what I did. Um, because it just got to the point where I was just like, I had like all these clients and it was just kind of like both my day job and my like side printing gig were like, not, it's like they they were conflicting too much. You know what I mean? And I was just like, truthfully making more money, like printing shirts on the side than I was at my day job. So I just, I dropped it and you know, the rest is history, I guess. And good for you, man. And I now this next question, I, I got to say this respectfully because I've always said, and I tell people this, who, like you know, people kind of from the outside who ask about what my band and what I do, like they don't know about underground music and how it all works, really. Mm-hmm. I explain to them a lot of the times that the bands usually are not the ones that can make a living off of it. I say it's usually the behind-the-scenes people, such as the promoters, the audio engineers, the people who own studios, and I would put that put people like yourself into that group, and I say that respectfully. There's nothing wrong with that. Just the fact that it's a lot easier to make a a, a living off of being a small business owner than off of being a musician, I guess, a touring musician who chooses to play an inaccessible form of music like death metal. I mean, it, it, do you see that end of things? I, I think that's fair to say, right? I, I would agree with that because the thing is, is like much like a record label, much like an audio engineer, or you know, maybe even a venue owner or whatever. 
we're working with like a ton of different bands. You know what I mean? Like we're not necessarily putting like all our eggs in one basket, so to speak, where mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like if you're in like, like one or two bands and that's like your main focus, you know, that's like, you might be able to make a living off of it and that's great. And like, I hope that there are bands out there that are doing that, but it's not always the case. You know what I mean? Because we're doing like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're also doing like skilled, difficult labor too. You know what I mean? And it's like, we're doing it in volume. So it like, that's kind of how we're able to make a living off of it. I think. It is skilled labor. I can attest to that personally. Like I said before, I've tried to do it myself, and it's much easier to round up the money and pay the professionals to do it. Um, and and also, you know, I should say also, feel like we said before, you're a musician yourself. You know both sides of this because um, I'll bring up now because we try to keep things a little bit chronologically and build up. Uh, you were in a band, like we said before, Pray for Teeth, if I got that right, around 2012 yeah. to, to 2016. Um, I guess people might, might refer to it as a little bit more of a sludgy kind of post-metal um, uh, type of band, if, if, if people want to check it out. I don't know if you want to just relate a little bit about what role that band played in your life um, and how you guys got up going and how much you actually did with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was really the first... I played in bands before that, um, and okay. we'd done stuff. We'd play it out of town, but like that was like really the first band that I ever played in where I like release like multiple records. Um, I mean, we had like an LP and a seven inch, but like multiple formats and like multiple different, um, releases. And like, <clears throat> that was the first band I ever like really did like a real tour with, you know what I mean? Like we did like a, a handful of tours and, um, you know, I printed all of our merch. I did all of our merch for the, for the tours. And it just kind of like, um, yeah, just kind of like really helped me like solidify that like, you know, I wanted all that to be my life, you know, playing music, creating merch, creating art. Um, yeah. And then when, at the time, whenever that band was active, um, me and one of the other members of the band, we always were talking about wanting to start a death metal band. So that's how Ritual Mass came to be. Okay. Got it. So yeah, like like I said, Ritual Mass, to keep the listeners up, is your band that you've, you guys released your self-titled demo in 2017. Um, you've since released uh, the Aboard in the Eyes of God EP and a two-song single in 2021. This is all collected on a compilation uh, that, that you guys more recently put out for people who are collectors. Talk about that a little bit. Let's, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, you and another member of Pray for Teeth want to want to start a death metal band. Uh, tell us about how you end up with Ritual Mass, how you fill that out, uh, and 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 what what the climate was when you started that band. Um, yeah, I mean, we just basically like when we were in Pray for Teeth, we just kind of always were talking about wanting to do a death metal band, but we never really had the time to do it just because we were doing this other band, and it seemed like it was maybe a little bit more of a serious thing. You know what I mean? We put out an LP and we were touring and then, um, you know, that once that band fizzled out, we were kind of just like, well, I guess now would be a good time to like do this death metal band that we've been talking about doing. So we started that, um, we were originally a three piece, um, we released that demo. Um, and then we got a second guitar player, uh, before that EP. Um, and, um, yeah, we've just been like kind of, 
just rolling on that ever since uh we're working on an lp right now and um we did that single in 21 and um yeah and then that compilation so yeah playing some shows here and there and yeah it's not really like um you know it's not something that like we've taken on tour or anything necessarily it hasn't been like serious to that extent but um yeah you guys working on anything new yeah we're working on an lp right now we have like uh we have like six songs right now i think um so we're gonna go re- we're gonna go record with uh greg at Earhammer in oakland california um because he mixed and mastered all of uh all of our other stuff and we were really stoked on how all that sounded so we're just gonna go track the whole lp with him Awesome. I was just talking on another episode about how much I miss California and how much I love California. When it, when it gets hot uh, out here in New York, I always think about California. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I try. I try to. I try to. I try to not hate the heat because I think I try to think of it as good California weather, even though even though it doesn't smell as good out here in New York when it gets hot. But that's um another story, man. So the compilation of all this material that Ritual Mass has put out the last several years. Uh, is on Steel and Bone Productions, I noticed. Is that not your own uh, imprint that you've recently started up? Yeah, so the the compilation is actually on uh, Caligari Records and on tape, and then the CD is on Memento Mori. Okay. But what Steel and Bone put out was the... Uh, we did, like, the Abhorred in the Eyes of God was a single-sided 12-inch, um, and that was what we released, and... We also released on tape the the two song single. Okay, I got yeah, I got my information. A little shout out to those labels. I got a little cross there, but uh, yeah, I just trying to segue to this uh, this other venture you've started in addition to Pyre Press. Uh, and if you want to talk about that and what kind of ground you're covering there, sure. Yeah, um, Steel and Bone. I mean, that was mostly Vicky's thing. My wife Vicky. Um, uh, she has been booking shows here in Pittsburgh for. A number of years and um we were booking shows here at our shop for a while and that was like pre-pandemic we had this like huge we had this like huge schedule like right before the pandemic with like all these like really killer death metal bands and um you know obviously that got upended um so we just decided to pivot it into a label and we like ritual mass that has had these four songs recorded and we were like, well, let's make it like a mini LP, a single sided 12 inch. And so we put that out and then we've put out other things since then we did, uh, we did a release for hyperdontia septage. Uh, we re-released insect warfare's, uh, world extermination, um, funeral each, uh, and then, um, another one of our own things, which is bone graft. Um, so yeah, I mean, and we've done shows, uh, in the city since then, it's just been a little bit more sparse, um, you know, just a little bit here and there. Fair enough, man. Um, and, uh, I, I, you, you mentioned bone graft, Let, just because you brought it up and by the way, shout out to Vicky. Um, Vicky has been a, a friend to several of my bands, uh, over the years and his book shows, uh, that, that I've been able to perform at and all that sort of thing, man. And um, uh, Bone Graft is a little bit more of a straightforward gore grind type of project. I don't know if you just want to talk about that a little bit for the listeners 
um, and and maybe what uh, uh, what the inspiration is behind that and what you guys have out where people could check that out. Sure. Yeah. So Bonecraft right now has a demo out. Um, it's on Bandcamp. It's on Spotify. Um, basically the idea behind that band was, uh, Vicky had to have a, uh, spinal surgery, um, a year ago. And, um, whenever we were kind of like being consulted by the surgeon, um, he mentioned that something to do with the procedure would be a bone graft. So we decided that that would be a really cool name for a gore grind band. So we just started a gore grind band. Um, and a lot of the stuff originally was sort of like based around like surgical procedures and stuff, but it's since like kind of like our demo has like samples of like, uh, like crime documentaries and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, a, has a lot of that, like traditional gore grind approach, but also like there is some like basis behind like what it's actually about. Um, and it's mostly improvised. So it's like, we don't, write anything until we actually record like we kind of just like piece everything together like as we're recording and it's all like program drums and like basically i do like guitar and bass and then our friend does the drum programming and um vicky and i sort of share uh vocals and we just we actually just finished uh recording 20 songs um that we're gonna be doing something with i'm not really sure yet but they're recorded Okay, so so you have you use drum a drum machine drum programming, yep. But it's improvised. That's what that's what that's that's what caught me right there. So how how, how do you do that? Well, um, I just write a couple riffs and we kind of like string it together digitally. Okay, all right, all right, man. I'm just, I'm picturing like an old DR two hundred two drum pad or something like that, man. I got you. All right. Right. <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of weird it's a it's a weird approach like i don't really like think about any of the riffs i'm writing until we're actually about to do it fair enough fair enough man um and where can people check out bone graft online uh we we have Bandcamp. um i think it's bonegraftgore.bandcamp.com and then we have a uh, spotify god well. all right man cool i want people to check that out man i'm gonna give it another list because i didn't realize the recording process uh, that was going on. I want to. Kind of, I, I like when I hear a little bit of behind the scenes stuff like that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound cool. It's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, the, the listeners know what Gore Grind is all about, man. It's all good, yeah, man. Right? <laughs> I just, you know, I spent a lot of time behind the Task M4 track in my days working with. I, I like, you know, knowing little little things people do, man. It's fun. Um, but with Ritual Mass, I should say that's a little bit more of a thought out process uh, to say, yes, the, to, to so. say the least. And I say that as a, as a compliment, having listened to kind of, kind of gorged myself on, on the, um, the discography this afternoon. Uh, it's well thought out death metal. Uh, you know, I don't like to, I don't want to just name drop and say, it sounds like this and that and that, but it's something that struck me is there is a quality to it. Like maybe uh, of some of the more classic Floridian bands in terms of the, the song structure being like thought out. It's, um, you give the song a little bit of patience and it'll unravel itself. Do you know where I'm going? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've been very deliberate with the band, like since day one, I think. And, um, you know, we've taken our influences into careful consideration without really trying to like wear them on our sleeve per se. 
Um, like I think when we first started, like we were really talking a lot about bands like grave and entombed and stuff like that. But like sort of as the band has progressed and like, you know, new people have since joined it since, since we first started, we've branched out a lot. And like, I'm really excited about the songs that we have now, honestly, because they're a lot different from what we have recorded. And I think it's going to be cool. Um, Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it, and it's like we're we, we take a really long time to like write and release and record because we really just like deliberate over things. So I, I don't know if that, that might be a good thing or a bad thing, but um, ultimately, like at the end of the day, like we end up with something that I'm not um, that I'm proud of. So it's like it's worth it for me and I think for the rest of the guys, too. Yeah, I just want the listeners to um to, to give that a shot and check it out, man, and um and let it unfold as it does very deliberately. Now, I wanted to ask you a few questions about the uh the, just the the business um of doing what you do with with printing and all that sort of thing. Maybe get a few stories. The one thing that comes to my mind right off the bat, though, is you said before you have family members that own the, the you know the funeral home, the restaurant. What does your family think? Uh, first of all. Uh, just of the music in general and the art, the type of themes and artwork in general that go with death metal and extreme music. And what do they think of the, of this particular business that you've gone into? They don't get it at all. They don't <laughs> understand it, but they support it, which yeah. is cool. Um, you know, like my, my mom will like share every, every single thing that we print on Facebook, like on her personal Facebook, like she'll just reshare it. And some of the stuff is like pretty fucked up. Like it's pretty, like it's pretty foul. So like her, like friends or like coworkers, like, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what they think of it, but like, yeah. I mean, she supports it. So it's like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And it's like, uh, yeah. I mean the, the rest of my family, like they, they always ask like how the, how the business is doing and like, they like follow it on social media and they're like this, I don't know what any of this means, but it, it looks like you're doing well. So good for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. my dad just retired and he's like, we just bought a warehouse and my dad's like been over at our new warehouse, like renovating it, like with a couple of my uncles, like every day. So like they're supportive, man. They don't, they don't really get it. You know what I mean? Like it was definitely very much one of those things where it's like getting into like punk and like underground music as a kid, like, they were very much like, Oh, this is a phase. Like you're going to grow out of this. And it like, you know, now that I've like kind of like built my entire life and like career, so to speak around it, I think that they're like, maybe like a little bit shocked. Don't really understand it, but are like into it and along for the ride. That's great that they're so supportive. Um, and that you've kind of been able to take it and maybe show it back to them in a different light. You know, you whatever say what you want about it, but you were able to make it your life. And maybe that speaks to that point I said before about how it's easier to make a living with one foot in the scene as kind of like, you know, like, 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 like you said, someone who has a pool uh, of, of uh, different clients and things like that, rather than as like a performing musician looking for your next handout, you know what I mean? For, for playing a show, um, you know, just that, I, that idea that you can, uh, you can make a little bit more of a business for yourself. I just want the younger listeners maybe to think about that. I would never discourage anyone from being in a band or trying to make it out there on the road, especially for the younger people that are at an age where they can do it. But it's always good to take a look at what you're good at 
um, and and think about it. you know maybe maybe you like driving maybe you love being on tour maybe you could drive for other bands one day who knows man you know what I mean maybe it's that maybe it's the audio engineering aspect of it you know I know a young drummer in death metal who's like very advanced in his education for audio engineering he's got a bright future for himself man that's just something I want to put in people's ears while they're listening to this episode because you've made your own business and you're you're obviously working very hard at it man but well the thing the thing is too is that like it takes like all of those different types of people to like make the scene really mm -hmm. cool like if you don't have good audio engineers that like understand death metal and like know what death metal should sound like then you're not going to have a cool sounding death metal record. I mean, maybe you will, but it's not going to be like we, you, you go to somebody because you like, they understand your vision. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the people that we work with, like they, like I understand what they're going for and there's like a mutual respect and understanding. It's like, we both kind of like the same thing. So we're a good fit to work for, to work together. You know what I mean? So it's like, and I think that like younger kids should like, I would, I would encourage younger kids to like, get into like, yeah, get into audio engineering, like get into screen printing, like, you know, see what it takes to run a label, but also like play in bands and like be involved. Like, I mean, I, I think that like, you know, the younger bands are, the younger bands are always the ones that are going to like keep pushing extreme music forward. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think that's all, I think that's all great. And I think that if there's any kids that are listening, they should absolutely figure out what they like and what they're good at and just like, don't stop doing it. Yeah, man. For, for me, it was smoking weed and growling like a frog, but, um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it's something more lucrative for the other, for the, for the kids. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, man. But here, um, while we're lightened up, though, I did want to ask you, over the last several years of making merchandise for bands and doing all this sort of thing, you had to have had a few stories. Um, I don't know if you've dealt with some really hard-to-satisfy customers uh, or if you had, like, a really shitty day where orders got, got messed up beyond belief. You had to learn something the hard way. I'm just kind of fishing here to see, like, what what is what is going on along the way to kind of make you revise your your own personal rules about doing business and things. I know there had to be some some snafus along the way. Yeah, man, <laughs> a lot. Um I mean, yeah, there there definitely have been bands that we've worked with that are very hard to please. Um but I don't know. I don't I don't want to name any names because like mm -hmm. I don't want to like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody under the bus, but like, yeah, I mean, there there have been bands that have been really hard to work with, and it's like caused me to sort of like take a step back and look at like the whole process that we're putting our customers through, that we're putting these bands through. Like, like should I be telling them different things? Should I be like putting disclaimers on certain things? Should I? Am I doing the best I can? Because like the the way I look at it is like my job is to like educate the customer because like they're not every single band that works with us has like ordered merch. Like we deal with like a lot of different types of bands where they've, maybe they've ordered like a ton of merch. Maybe they're super experienced or maybe they, a lot of bands have like hit me up and been like, I, we've never ordered shirts before ever. So we don't know how this works. And it's like, I consider my job being like to educate the customer on like how this whole process works and make it easy and enjoyable for them and you can't make everybody happy at the end of the day 
And I've learned a lot of hard lessons about that in the last couple of years. And, um, yeah, I mean, we fucked stuff up along the way, had to replace it or, you know, maybe we lost a customer. Maybe I, there also have been times where I've like blacklisted customers too. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, we, I, you know, firing clients is I think a good thing that like a lot of people that do these kind of jobs like should learn the importance of, because, you know, sometimes like if, you know, it's just not worth the headache. I'm sure. I mean, I, I've dealt with a lot of different peop, uh, musicians and people in bands over the years. I can only imagine what, what you've gone through. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, just knowing, knowing when to say no to certain things, knowing what you're good at and when to say no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being able to like point people in the right direction, you know, like whenever you ask me about like doing stage backdrops, I don't know anything about stage backdrops. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but like, I might know somebody that can point you in the right direction or that does it. So like, I'm going to refer you there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but I, I think more importantly than like nightmare clients or like having to like ban people or like bad experiences, I would say I've experienced more of the opposite than I have any of that other stuff. Like I've made some of like the absolute best friends I've ever had in my life through just having this business. You know what I mean? Like some of these bands that I've worked with have just like, I've made like lifelong friends and they're like awesome. And like, um, you know, we're, we love working together and like we make really cool shit together. And to me, that's what makes the whole thing worthwhile. Yeah, uh, I I could say the same thing about my experience. Obviously, you have a few weirdos and you know a few few weird experiences, but along the way, you make more friends than than uh, those those type of people uh, hanging around. And most people are just glad to be working together and cooperating, man. That definitely overall, yeah. I don't want people to get the wrong impression, man. But I just thought maybe we 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 could go there um for a minute now. <laughs> and, and while yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if there's like any like specific horror stories that come to mind, but yeah, yeah, no, um. There's been some like there's we've had some brutal ones for sure. Every the thing is is like every every print shop, every record label, it it's just part of it. It just comes with the territory. Growing pains, growing pains. I I mean it's part of be like being in a band too, man. Everyone fucks up along the way and and learns you know along the way. Um, any any professionalism that's perceived on my part is just me me sticking around long enough so that all my fuck ups have like stacked up into me being so paranoid about fucking up again. Uh, on certain things <laughs> that's that's what oh that's what professionalism really is it's being scared of fucking up uh the same thing twice um so let me ask you this though because this is something that's come up with my own bands when we're all you know we're at rehearsal we're talking about getting a new shirt made or something there's one guy and I, and I feel like every band has that one guy that's like yeah but you know can we make sure it's like a different material or something this time or like me i don't like people want the guild in this or the comfort colors I don't give a shit. Bro. I, I want you to just make my shit and send it and have it look good. I'm going to sell it to the people at the show. I got bandmates that are like, what brand does he normally use? Is it a soft thing like the European shirts? I don't like, and I don't like, do you get that where people are picky and you have to kind of source out different things or? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, we, we get customers that are like, what do you normally print on? And my answer to that is usually just like whatever you want, really. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what you want. Like what, you know, my best advice for like bands in general is just like, 
pick your favorite band shirt out of your closet and see what the tag says. Tell me what that is. And like, if it doesn't exist anymore, that's likely, but like, we might be able to find something that's close. You know what I mean? What do you like about the shirt? What do you not like about the shirt? You know, it, if there's like one, and also if there's one guy in the band that's like not on board, it's like, I mean, it's like the same thing with like writing songs or like recording. It's like at some point, like you gotta like make a decision and do something. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. if there's one guy that's like not into it, like that one guy might have to just chill. You know, I, I've been that one guy on certain issues. <laughs> I have too. We've we've all been that one guy. That's the thing. Yeah. Is like that's just part of being in a band you know what i mean yeah, like yeah that is man it's part of the compromise man but yeah i just wanted to ask you about that quickly because that i've noticed that over the years that some people are a little bit picky about the i've even had people come up to the merch table at a show and they want to they want to look at the label and see what brand the shirt is before they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll buy the shirt which is to each his own for me i feel like that's a little much but you know whatever man um how about this, man? It's something that comes up. It's 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 a repeating topic and joke on the podcast, a self-deprecating joke. The big boy shirts, the 2X, the 3X, the 4X, um, are those harder to source out? Uh, you know, are, are those, like, do you get into situations sometimes where people want a certain color or a long sleeve and you can't find the big size or whatever? Uh, not really, man. I mean, there's kind of, like, there's always options, you know, and, like, if somebody's asking for, like, a certain size, like, I always try to find it, it just might be a different brand, or it might be, like, a slightly different cut or something like that, but, like, I always try to, like, get everybody, like, all the sizes they want, because there's also the opposite end of that, where, like, some people want, like, extra small or something like that, you know, so it's, like... Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like, to... They, they can really only go so big, but at the same time, like, you know what I mean? Like some, uh, the largest shirt I've ever printed was a nine X. That's big. Yeah. It's pretty big. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, that's the largest I've ever seen. So it's like, I've the largest anybody has asked me for like in recent years is probably like six or seven. So, but it's all possible, man. I Yo. mean, you can find it. Yeah. Shout to my boy, Adam Rotella. Adam, I, I, Adam asked me for this. I got, I, I gave him two six X's. He asked me for two six X's. I don't think he, I don't think either of us need that six X bro. And I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying. I'm not trying to play it down. All right. I got a little bit of a weight problem. I wear a four X, oh, no, but, I mean, but the six X is big. Adam texted me. I love Adam, man. Adam, one. Adam it's is the, one, yeah. Adam got me into all this underground death metal shit when we were. I, he, he's the reason for all this, man. I'm looking forward to the anal birth on tour. Look it up; it's coming through. You know all that shit. But yeah, Adam texted me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I had Phil from Pyre Press make you a six X shirt." <laughs> I didn't have the heart to be like, "Yo, Adam, I, I I'm a four X. I might have to shrink that in the dryer, bro. I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> it's a big time shirt. I don't know. Uh, Whatever, man. <laughs> no, it's all. It's all. I'm joking around, man. I'm joking around. It's yeah, all good, yeah. man. No, but, Adam rules, man. I met him. The first time I met him was uh, when Ritual Mask played at Vitus with Exsanguinated. Um, and, yeah, I've just been in touch with him since then pretty much. I hit him up about those anal birth shirts, and I was, like, super stoked to do those. Like, that was so awesome. That, that That's um, why that's why I raised my eyebrows when you talked about your mom sharing the everything you print on on social media. I was thinking about the anal births. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the, the first time, though, the first time that, like, I printed something where I was like, I don't know if my mom's going to share this. We printed um, these shirts for uh, 20 bucks spin. It was for the band Triumvir Foul, the Urine of Abomination album artwork, where it's like, 
it's like a zombie demon holding like an aborted bloody baby yeah. and it has this like huge dick that's just like pissing and it's like standing in a pool of its own piss and like that was the one where i was like the, the first time i was like there's no way my mom's gonna reshare it she reshared it shout out to your mom my my mom <laughs> my mom has grown a thick skin for death metal artwork herself man shout out to her she's my, my mom my mom i thought my mom was the only one who was subjected to the anal birth shirt but your mom as well um uh so yeah and and uh maybe this would be a good point man i just wanted to share with the listeners you do have a a web store um you're you're selling um a lot of the bands that you're working with you're selling the merch there uh on on your um website people can go there i know like you mentioned you have the uh, the anal birth shirt. I know you work with Hyperdontia, right? Um, who, who else you got on on the web store there? Uh, well, we have Cerebral Rot, uh, Septage, Alfar, Witch Vomit, Worm, uh, Tomb Mold, um, Devil Master, Funeral Leech, um. It's the Anatomia. Yep. Um, yep Ossuarium. The listeners get Ulthar, the listeners, uh, Chethalist, if I said that right. I, I, the, the, the listeners can go on this on the site. Insect Warfare. You got a lot of stuff here. Um, listeners can go check this out. I've always just been curious. And uh, and, if, and if, if it's just like a trick of the trade secret you don't want to um talk about, is this, when you have a web store for these bands, is this like a made-to-order type of thing? Or do you just make a certain amount that you agree on with the band and that's, if it's gone, it's gone? Um, no, so we actually just like, uh, generally we'll do a pre-order and then we'll fulfill based on those pre-orders and then stock sort of how, based on how the pre-order did. Um, it kind of depends, man. It's, it's definitely not made to order. Um, you know, we're, we're stocking, we're inventorying stuff. Um, but I mean, the, the whole reason the web store came about was because Tomb Mold asked us to do it. Um, you know, we were, we were printing for them, um, a couple years ago, like not long after the manner of infinite forms album came out and we were sending merch to them in Canada and they were just kind of like, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. Like, will you do it for us? And I was just kind of like, well, I never really thought about it, but like, yes. So then we did it. And then shortly after we added all and then it was just kind of like those two bands on there for like, you know, the longest time. And then we just decided to start growing it because it like, it seemed like a thing that people were into. And like, also with the pandemic with us, not, not really doing like any tour merch and stuff, you know, we just kind of started like hitting up bands and like asking them if they wanted to have a merch store with us, you know, like that's how we got linked up with like malignant altar and like insect warfare. Um, you know, just hit them up and ask them like, Hey, you guys want to like put some merch in our store? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a cool thing. I really like it because it's like, I feel like the merch store is like really like a reflection of like what our taste in death metal is like. Um, You're able to and curate kind of like sort of branched out with it a little bit more. Um, and I want to branch out further into like other extreme music. Um, but I mean, like, you know, we have like, you know, we do, we do merch fulfillment now for like, Mark Riddick, you know, who is like a, um, classic artist of like death metal artwork, logos, yes, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, so just having stuff like that in there, I think is like really cool and like really interesting. And like, I want to like keep expanding on it, but still keep it like curated. If that makes sense. Fair enough, man. It does make sense. Um, uh, and then let me ask you, you mentioned the pandemic real quick. I wanted to ask you two things regarding that. Did you notice merch sales up during that time period? Like people were staying home, but instead of going to shows now, they were like ordering more merch maybe. And uh, has the price in general of sourcing things gone up since that time? Um, All of that, yes. Uh, so basically like with the pandemic, like people, I mean, dude, metalheads are maniacs, man. They want to like support bands like in every way they can and like i'm really grateful for that the bands are really grateful for that so it's like you know there was like tours getting canceled and like we were putting like like for example we we were about to print a bunch of shirts for uh the band cathelist and their tour got canceled so it was just like all right well like let's put them in the merch store and then like you know, people bought their merch, you know? So it's like people wanted to continue supporting these bands because like all their shit was getting canceled, especially international bands that were like trying to come into the U S around that time. Um, and also like, especially whenever like the, the stimulus checks happened, people were like, definitely like really supporting like underground music when that those stimulus checks were coming out. Um, not not surprising to hear that, man. I you know my own bands um, uh, felt the generosity uh, of metalheads in in that time period too. And now what? Because you know everyone knows prices of a lot of different things have gone up. Things have gotten like business. It's business is skewed in a lot of different ways. What about you? You know sourcing not just the shirts but the materials, the ink, and and all that sort of thing, man. How has this changed for you in the last few years? Um. Yeah. In the last couple of years, I mean, like there was a point in time like between maybe like 2020 and 2021 where it was like there was like a lot of like shortages with like supplies like inks uh chemicals shirts um and it was just like it was just it it is what it is you know at that time like we just had to kind of like substitute stuff and like you know if somebody wanted like an order that was like all Hanes shirts or something, for example, it's like, well, you might get a couple sizes that are fruit of the loom or something like that. And fortunately, like all of our customers were like really understanding and like accepting of that. Um, and then, yeah, the prices, I mean, the inflation has just been like the last couple of years just seems to be like continuously going up. Um, and that's just like another thing where it's like, you know, we have to keep raising our prices, like either in the web store or for like custom work, whenever bands want to go on tour and they want us to print merch for them. Like it's a little bit more expensive than it was a few years ago. And like, that sucks. And I don't like, I don't like to raise our prices, but like at the same time, like, you know, we also have to like make a living and like, you know, be able to like, we can, we can continue to keep doing what we're doing because we're like on top of that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean I don't even tour that frequently, you know. With you know, even though I'm in a, you know a lot of bands and when we go out of state, you know, from time to time, I'm not someone who relies on touring to make to pay my bills. I, I mean, I've seen people have had to raise the the rate the prices on their merchandise for a lot of different reasons the last few years, man. But I think metalheads have been like you said, metalheads are always supportive. I even had a kid come up to me at a show um and buy a shirt yesterday, and he you know he slipped me an extra five dollar bill 
in addition to what the shirt was worth. And he was like, I know it's tough for you guys, gas money, this and that. You know, so there, there's there's always really great supportive people, man, that, that keep the wheels going, man. That's I understand that these these things are happening. Yeah, I mean, with like all the prices and everything going up these last couple of years, I mean, people that still can sh- continue to support underground metal and like buy shirts, like that's not like, that's not a necessity. You know what I mean? That's something that people are choosing to spend their money on. And like, you know, for that, we're just, we're really grateful. And like all the bands are grateful. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just stoked that we can continue to do what we do, you know? A hundred percent, man. And, um, uh, you know, Phil, obviously I'm going to, uh, I'm going to encourage people once again to go to pyrepress.com and to check you guys out on social media. Um, there's uh there's a link right there. If people want to uh, get in touch with you for a quote for their own project, uh, their own merchandise that they might want to work on, whether it's t-shirts or embroidery, which you offer now. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, also I'm going to encourage people to check out ritual mass on Bandcamp, um, as well as bone graft on Bandcamp. Uh, and we're going to give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything else you want. But right now, we're going to start the the kind of wind down question I always ask everybody. If you could please recommend for uh, myself and the listeners one newer and one older piece of music, whether it's a demo, EP, album, metal, or any other genre of music, just something kind of from back in the day and something a little bit more recent to to recommend we jam on. Sure. Um, I've been really into the new torso fuck record. Okay. Uh, uh, postpartum ecstasy. It's really sick. Um, it's like gore grind, death metal type stuff. Um, for anyone that doesn't know. Um, but also like, as far as like older stuff goes, like, um, I feel like I should plug Pittsburgh a little bit and say, um, that people should check out the Avisium underneath the buried EP. I'm not Um, familiar with that, to be honest. Avisium, it's yeah. like so. Avisium is like uh, some of the members of Rotrovore after Rotrovore broke up, like oh, like okay. ten or so years later. Um, and it also has uh, Sharon from Derkada. Um, they had an EP in like the early two thousands. Yes. Okay. When I interviewed Sharon from Derkada, I think I listened to that and I asked her about it a little bit. Man, I haven't really revisited it. Now I remember this. Okay. I'm have I'm having yeah, a yeah. It sounds yeah, it sounds yeah. a lot like Rotrovor. You know, it's like it's very sick. like yeah. guttural, heavy, just like brutal old death metal. Yeah. I just, I just had a senior moment. I remember that. It was really sick though. I gotta try to track down a physical copy of that. Um. Now that you remind me, I always. I try to buy physical stuff from the guests, uh, you know, when, when we do the interviews, man, so I don't have, have uh, embarrassing, forgetful moments like that. But, yeah, that's that's an awesome. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's an awesome EP. Um, uh, Evisium. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and um, the new Torso Fuck. Somebody, it's funny, man. I haven't heard the name Torso Fuck in a long time, and somebody just brought them up to me the, uh, uh, the other day. I didn't realize the band was still active and making new stuff. Uh, they're from Finland, No. Yes, Finland. Okay, man. Yeah, I remember that. But I think they did a split with Lymphatic Phlegm like 20 years ago or some shit, man. That's that's yeah, what I remember from. Yeah, they did. Yep. Yeah. Wow. All right. I, I got to look into that, man. Still around. One of the most jarring names you could bring up to a non-death. Uh, like, like, if people are just like, what kind of music are you into? Like, you know, like a, a co-worker or something. But, you know, Torso Fuck, Waco Jeez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just rocking that new torso fuck this weekend when i was driving the yeah, i mean why not go for like the most extreme thing the thing is is like people aren't gonna forget that they're called torso fuck 
No, I didn't. I never forgot it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah fair yeah, enough, I mean, dude. Fair or enough. so fuck. Split with lymphatic phlegm. Check that out, too. Yeah, 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 man. If you want to. That's that's how up to date I am, unfortunately, man. But yeah, no, shout, <laughs> shout out to them, man. Shout out to them. I'm, oh, that's awesome. They're still doing it, man. So, um, Phil, thank you so much for your time. Now, um, like I said, I want people to check out Ritual Mass and Bone Graft and hear uh, um, your bands. Uh, shout out to Vicky, by the way. And Steel and Bone Productions, I don't know, are there any shows coming up? Anything you want to plug and promote in terms of your bands or other people you're working with? Just anything else like that? I don't know. Uh, well, we don't have any shows planned right now, um, per se. But like I mentioned earlier, um, we just bought a warehouse uh, a couple months ago. And the long-term vision for that building is for it to not only be our print shop, but we're going to have like a storefront where you can like buy stuff from our merch store and like possibly some like distributed records and stuff like that. But um, most importantly, we're going to have a venue in there too, because we've had shows at our shop here before and they're a lot of fun. And like, we like booking shows for our friends and like for bands that we work with. So um, yeah, I mean, keep an eye out for that. We're going to have a venue and like, I hope to like, really have like a big, like sort of like opening event for that venue. Um, but like I said before, like we had a, we had some shows like lined up like pre pandemic, like that I would like, like to sort of revisit. Like we, we had like Morpheus descends booked and like, it didn't, it ended up not happening. And like, you know, but since then, like we, we had like, uh, last year we booked, uh, Demolic and, um, we also had Holder here too. So it's like, you know, more stuff like that. I want to have like at our, at our new spot, whenever the time comes. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Cause I think it'll be cool. All right, man. So for all of our people in the Pittsburgh area, we're going to tell them to keep an eye on steel and bone productions. Uh, and as we said before, um, for B- Pittsburgh and beyond, go to pyrepress.com. Um, if you're interested in the web store for any of those bands or for reaching out to get uh, quotes on any of your own merchandise, embroidered or printed up um ritual mass is on Bandcamp, as is bone graft phil thank you so much for your time man any uh parting words for fans of your music uh i'm gonna say maybe past clientele who might be listening and people who are rocking your your shirts that you've made um and listeners of the heavy hole podcast um it's hard to say i uh i would just say like thanks to everyone that continues to support us. Um, to me, it's, you know, I, I go to shows in different cities. I go to shows at Vitus. I go to shows like in Baltimore, Cleveland. Um, you know, I've gone to fests like in other countries and stuff. And I see people wearing shirts that we printed, um, over the course of the years. And it's still always like really amazing to me that like, people want to wear stuff that we printed um, and that people even know or care that we're the ones that, that made it, you know? Um, so I just like really greatly appreciate, you know, the, the people that, that want to continue to wear the stuff that we make and the bands that want to continue to work with us and just like trust us with their, with their vision. Um, it, it means the world to me. I, I can relate to uh, to the sentiment, man. Awesome, man. So, uh, Phil Trona, thank you very much for your time, brother. We appreciate you, man. We'll be uh, we'll be keeping our eye on everything that you're making musically uh, and uh, in terms of the merchandise, man. Hey, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. All the best, man. And um, I'm gonna 
Let's just stop recording here for a minute. get right back into it yeah yeah yeah, sure we're here we're here already we're still recording man um big shout to phil trona um check out ritual mass we encourage you to do that on Bandcamp and all the music we discussed in that interview uh check out pyrepress.com for all your finest apparel needs if you're in a band you want to get a couple of the old shirts made up maybe you want to check him out for the old quote i don't know do what you got to do check out bone graft uh and shout to vicky uh also by the way listen rick we, we talked about a lot of music already, but we're not done. Uh, I told you to, to pay the toll, to pay the troll toll. In the words of the wise Danny DeVito, um, I would like you to recommend an album right now for, for me and the listeners. No problem. Well, this, uh, <laughs> this I got to shout out Young Hudson, our uh, Hudson Barth, mm. our, our drummer, mm. and also the drummer of Trog. He told me about this band called Inanna, and I never heard of them. And uh, they've been around twenty over twenty years, um, but this is only their third album. It's called Void of Unending Depths, and I just heard it for the first time like three days ago. It came out last year, um, and it's I've, I've listened to it about five times in in in, the, in that time. Um, it's it's really cool, man. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to hear it yet. They're longer songs, so more uh, progressive of the death metal kind of, but brutal. Um, Hudson uh, had mentioned Opeth when he recommended them to me because he figured he, I'm an Opeth boy, so uh, that I would like them. I hear I hear some riffing uh, similar, yeah, that's similar, you know, in that uh, influence, uh, just not much. But it's there a little bit, and you can hear in the songwriting and the structures and things like that, uh, even in the clean stuff, the jazzier stuff like that. Um, yeah, so these guys are from Chile. Uh, fucking awesome band, man. Uh, they, they jumped on my radar. Yeah, um, I yeah, I I had not heard of this. I was not familiar with this. Shout to Young Hudson, uh, our drummer, yeah. Reeking Aura. Um, that's you know, and not for another. We did an episode last week, um, all ages, where we talked to Bill and and his son Chris, uh, and 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 this is why it's good to to tap in with people from all different generations because everyone's got their eyes on different stuff to talk about musically. That's kind of why we do the podcast in general. Um, yeah, I didn't know this band. Really cool stuff, stuff that you got to kind of sit down and digest. You can't just listen to a little bit of it. You got to right. listen to a few songs and maybe the whole album if you if you can dedicate that time to it. It's a long album. It's fifty. It's over yeah. fifty-five minutes, I believe. It's a lot of music. It's um, you know, just for the listeners, I would say this is like really. It's artistic, but it's not pretentious. It's it's thoroughly death metal. There's it's more though that type of death metal. Like to be honest, like I hate doing the direct comparisons to other bands, but it reminded me of that type of death metal that takes a lot of nods from black metal. 
where oh, yeah. they're, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally, man. I hear that. I was, there's definitely black metal influences in there too. Um, but also with the old school death metal stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. They mix a lot of different, a lot of different sounds, the modern kind of vocals. I don't know how to describe that, but like it, it just, uh, for a band that's been around that long, you know, I, I'm definitely going to go check back their, their, their other two records. Cause I mean, if they've been around this long and only put out two albums prior, so I, I don't really know much about them. Uh, interesting shit, though. Yeah, it's not, you know, you. I don't, I'm not familiar with a lot of Chilean bands. Um, I do know there's kind of like, uh, there's a lot of like black metal and raw black metal that comes out of there, but I, you know, this is obviously not on my radar at all, man, and um, I don't want to like, I don't want to risk sounding like overblown just talking about it because... I got it. Like you said, you listened to it five times. I listened to it once when when you you know put it on my radar the other day. Now mm-hmm. I want to go back and listen to it a few more times and 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 kind of dissect it. But it's just for the listeners. It just has that kind of like very epic, foreboding, um, yeah, sound. But it also sounds like it's it, there's a nature or like organic, natural, like 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 in the forest, in the mountains, nature hmm. kind of vibe to it. And again, I hate the direct comparisons, but I I love older. Arcturus, uh, oh. no, Ar- no, I'm sorry, I, a a Turnus, and I'm not even going to edit that out. The listeners can understand how I how I miss how I miss uh, spoke that a Turnus from Norway. Um, again, a band that is a death metal band, but with a lot of that kind of mysterious um, nature, kind of foresty sounding uh, atmosphere. Man, really cool shit, man. Mm, I, I cool, enjoy man. this and it goes different places too. Like there's some places where it sounds a little bit more like some of the, some of the modern dissonant death metal bands. Sometimes Absolutely. it sounds like a lot of dissonant mm-hmm. stuff that I, that I, that's why, yeah, good point. That's why I was surprised that this band was around that long. I said, this sounds like, an, Oh, it's a new band. This is their first album. And then when I saw mm-hmm. 20 fucking three years, I was pretty shocked, man. Um, it would be interesting to and go yeah, back and check out the also old stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's not pretentious, but it is technical. It, it is not, it's, it's not wankery. You know what I mean? It's, it's just really good musicianship uh, and good riffing and shit like that. That's it. Fucking awesome yeah. album. Primo atmosphere. A lot of atmosphere, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's about it, man. We'll leave the listeners with that, man. And what was it again? Uh, could you spell the band's name? Inanna. That's uh, uh, I-N-A-N-N-A. Void of unending depths, 2022, and that is um, Memento Mori. I never is that a label? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memento yeah. Mori is actually um, a very um, well curated label. I, sh- I should say yeah. they put out they put I out mean, a lot of the band. Shout out to Messiah Markelin, but yeah, I'm yeah. not familiar with the label. Yeah, they they put out some vomit remnant stuff many years ago, if I'm not mm. mistaken. But right mm. now, let's get into a little bit of that, Tom. Thank you very much. Man. Okay, um, Rick, now my recommendation is not necessarily, uh, I'm going to say as like articulate, 
Um, but I think that's for a reason. This band struck me. I lit now for the listener. I, I'm I'm always like very. I, I try. Speaking of not being pretentious, like your recommendation, I try not to, um, uh, you know, act act like I'm this elitist uh, uh, expert on metal. I put in new death metal demos or new death metal albums Ooh. or something into YouTube. I I listened to about four or five of them. This one really hit me, man. And and that's. It's just like I, I I don't want to say this, but it's true. It's easy to find good death metal nowadays. There is. I was thinking that as well, bro. There's so much of it that yeah, you yeah. Know, there's there's the good ones are or there's a lot of good ones. Albeit not necessarily original death metal, and I say that respectfully because there's so many bands going back and taking bits and pieces from older classic styles and sounds of death metal and recreating them in their own way. Um but again, this band is kind of like, in my opinion, the cream of the crop, or one of the bands who would embody the cream of the crop of the newer uh, death metal sound that celebrates the old school style. I'm talking about Impest, I-M-P-E-S-T, with their Bone Pit uh, demo 2023 on Head Split Records. Uh, I got this, I found this on YouTube, um, it came out a few months ago, you can probably check it out on your, your usual social medias and streaming platforms. Um, Impest Bone Pit Demo 2023, real quick listen, three songs, well executed, exactly what you want from something like this. I, I gotta say, this is, a, in my opinion, aesthetically, in terms of just the, the demo cover that's presented here, um, and even the song titles, and the, it's a study in less is more, in simplicity, as is the music. The music, I, you know, the listeners who've been following us for a while know I was really into that Rotting Ways of Misery book. Uh, about old school Finnish death metal and a lot of the old school Swedish death metal books that came out, and I was I was going and checking out a lot of these bands' demos when they were all into Carcass and things like that. Um, and this, I also talked about Unleashed, uh, the Unleashed demos last week with Terrell. Uh, awesome. This nestles yeah. as a new band, as a new demo. This nestles right in there with all that great old school shit. The Pertinence demo, the Convulse demo. Um, these guys get it. They don't overdo it. They don't, and I'm saying this again respectfully because I like some bands that do what I'm about to describe. They don't sound like they're integrating hardcore rhythms and techniques and spirit into death metal. There are good bands doing that nowadays, but this band sounds thoroughly like out of the early 90s, the crypt, the death metal. It's there. They have the harmonies down. They execute things well, but they don't overdo it. Like I say, less is more. This is a study in that. Um, I really encourage the listeners to check out this particular demo if you feel a little overwhelmed by the saturation of uh, quote-unquote OSDM. Um, and if you're also a big fan of the old-school Finnish bands like Demigod and Adramalek and so on and so forth and all those bands' first demo kind of era, this is just something great to check out. Um, even though it's a new band and you're an old elitist metal guy, just give it a shot. That's all I'll say. Um, Rick, I'm, I'm, I'm talking too much, though, man. Thoughts? Did you get a chance to check this out? Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. Checked it out tonight. Uh, was able to. Um, I looked. I'm not a. I'm not a big tape collector, but I wanted to go see uh, if they were available, and I was thinking they would be sold out. I went to Head Splitter Records. They were gone. 
it was sold out, but uh, there is, if you are uh, looking for one, there is a, uh, a, a, a bundle on that website where you can buy the tape and another a CD and another demo of another one of their bands. So it's still available on that site. But huh. anyway, yeah, it's good shit. Is that, do you consider that caveman uh, death metal in a certain way? Like, like the, the way, uh, I don't know, to my ears, uh, that's got like a kind of a caveman yeah. swampy kind of, sound to it i don't know how to describe I would, it i would agree i would agree there are some very doomy kind of melancholy lead guitars that i really love um that are that's an advanced and sad caveman playing those but it is caveman <laughs> death metal yes yeah it's all i like it a lot man it was really cool stuff um it was quick too you know like you said it's a 12 minutes so it's four minute songs and then they get, they get to the point and it's, uh, you know, it's good bludgeoning stuff. Yeah. I've been sticking with the demos lately, the last few weeks, just quick listens. Um, I, I was, it makes me want to dig out my, um, my seven inch vinyl box and just listen. So just the kind of like these, these quick little EPs and demos that bands put out. Sometimes they just nail it like that, man. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there though. Speaking of, um, uh, short, but sweet. So the Impest, I-M-P-E-S-T, Bone Pit Demo 2023 on Headsplit Records, recommended. Give it a spin, man. It's uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's 12 minutes of your time, all right? Come on, guy. Um, and that's about it. Tom, take us away, sir. Big shout to Tom and Justin working hard behind the scenes every week, our production guys. team, um, and all of our rotating uh, uh, band of misfits co-hosts out here, Ian and Terrell and Sam, wherever he is. Sam hasn't done an episode in a while. We got to get Sam back, Sam Sherrick, but he's in so many bands and wrestling and all his- Yeah, he just got back. Yeah. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he was in a pond, a pond stone. Yeah. A pond stone, a band people should check out, definitely. Um. He was he was doing a, a fill-in gig for them live on a tour. Uh so it's it's raining like crazy out there. I don't know if the microphone is picking this up. Um but so that was our recommendations. Um again, please check out pyrepress.com and look for pyrepress. Phil Trona was our guest today. Look for Ritual Mess and Bone Graft. Uh Rick, before we get out of here, um the listeners can even check for us in their locale or you know, maybe 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 just leave us alone. I don't know, man. Depends on how much you like this episode. But um, we're coming uh, to a town near you. If you live in the uh, the eastern uh, southern reach, the 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 eastern south region of the United States, uh, reeking aura, atoll, animals killing people, and pyrexia, the East Coast extermination tour. Um, I'm gonna read off the uh, the dates here real quick. Um, this is all in August uh, 2023, August 2023. The third, we're going to be in Frederick, Maryland. The fourth, Richmond, Virginia. The fifth, Charlotte, North Carolina. The sixth, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, the seventh, Atlanta, Georgia. The eighth, Tampa, Florida. The ninth, Orlando, Florida. The tenth, to be determined. 
We might just be on edibles somewhere in America. You don't know where we are. Um, the 11th, Newark, Delaware. Going back to Delaware, Rick. It's been a while. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, the site of the sickest, most intense show that I've that I played, even in that basement, man. A laundry that room, crazy. Next that to next awesome. to like in, a, in hindsight, like across the, the that? across the room from laundry machines. Remember, it was like a laundry room. It, it wasn't was even a basement. And yeah. It was packed. Yeah, it was. It was you know an old eighteen nineties house basement, and you're sitting in there, and I had my four thousand dollar amp exposed to yeah. to children slamming around with open solo cups full with alcohol and i almost had a remember i had to stop the show and threaten somebody not yeah. to fucking dr- spill drinks on my amp uh that, yeah that was awesome yeah we like loaded the, uh, the salt milk video uh was shot there uh if anyone wants to check that video out buckshot facelift salt milk yeah that live the live footage was shot that <laughs> evening it's fucking good video. We we talked about. I had Terrell co-host last week's episode, and we went there too, man. Um, talk because we're pumping this tour, uh, and of course Clifton, New Jersey, at Dingbats on the uh, the the twelfth of August, coming home, man. Um, looking forward to that tour, man. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Oh, it's been it's been it's probably been almost ten years since we've been. Yeah, in, uh, it's probably twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. That geez, show. Time flies, man. Huh? Um. Uh, yeah, so that's that, man. Rick, you got anything else you want to talk about? I don't know, with the other bands or something, man? Anything, anything to plug? Uh, well, we got uh, the Grey Skies Fallen album is finished. Uh, I'm just waiting. I've, I've I've got half of it back from Swano, so I'm waiting for the other half. That should be in a few days, and uh, it's oh, pretty cool. good to go. Clarif- and, clarify uh, that. Claire, when you when, when you say Swano, oh, yeah. I mean, are you Sorry. talking about Doug Swano, Vinny Sorry. Swano? Like, what yeah, are we doing? About- What's going on here? <laughs> Is uh is Dan Swano? Oh, the, uh, the okay. Man. Dan what, the man. What did when and 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 fill the or do you not want to spill the beans? Is this like a a label thing? Like I don't know if you want to talk oh, about label, exactly what the, Swano. The label thing was still is still under wraps. We're, we're, we we can't talk about specifics yet, but it it isn't it is it, rest rest assured that um the album is going to come out on an extremely awesome uh label finally uh, i meant i meant uh, no, not I meant, that the labels we've worked with in the past weren't awesome but i meant um, um, this one here is uh i mean what does dan swano choice. do no i meant what does dan swano do on the album oh uh, swano uh he mixes and masters this album so um we're waiting to we're waiting uh back he's he's extremely busy talking about busy you know as you can imagine um, you know, but uh, it's it's worth the wait. We started this album a year and a half ago, and uh, it's finally you know coming to its uh, fruition here, and uh, well worth it. And Fair I enough. think everyone's gonna agree. Fair enough, man. And then hopefully now you guys can finally work on that Ruby Canoe split seven inch <laughs> with uh, Buckshot. Yeah, we're gonna do that next. Come on, all right. No, that's great, man. I wish you guys the best of luck with that. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Um, shout to Dan Swano, former guest of the show. The listeners can go back. And listen to our interview with Dan Swano. It was a great episode. Um, yeah, I finally got a new phone today. I um, I've had the same phone since like I want to say like 2019, and it looks like I've yeah. had it for four long years, bro. I finally my shout out to my cousin. He got me a new phone for Christmas. It's now August. It's now July. Wow. It's now almost August. Yeah, I. So it's not- my dad. He rest in peace. This is another good story about my dad. He had a pair of New Balance sneakers, like all boomers should, of his age, and he wore them out 
to the point where the tongue, you know, you see the soles were flapping. They say your shoes are talking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Put glue on them. He like glued them. Like now, this is a man that retired well. He, he, you know, he had more. You know, he had enough money to buy himself a couple of pairs of sneakers if he wanted. You know, he lived very humble, and um, they wouldn't get new. So for Christmas, I look around. I go to a store or two. I find them the same type of New Balance, same style, same size, obviously, same color, everything the same. Just a new pair of sneakers, just like his old ones. So he's fickle. He says, thank you. A couple months <laughs> later, he's still rocking the fucking ones that are talking. He's gluing the fucking things together wow. with a box of brand new sneakers on the shelf because he's trying to make sure that he gets every mile. Every drop. Yeah, that's what I did with this cell phone, bro. And then finally, it was like to the point where, where Google Maps wasn't loading right and I was getting lost driving yeah, around today time. yes i said all right and activate the phone that's uh, sitting in the in a box in your in your drawer yeah man all right yeah, so, it's good how, how does it feel to be on a modern phone nice right nice. i gotta say this is what i got i'm still android by the way right? yeah i'm trying to get you guys on iphone that's never gonna happen i you know it might happen by the time there's something sicker look at how nice that looks like that's like a, that's like a real phone oh yeah when yeah, you've probably you go. big screen you're a technology guy you've probably seen me whip out that cracked like coke mirror oh, yeah. of a phone that i like my phone my phone literally looked like a, a cracked up old coke mirror from the 70s yeah <laughs> it was so yeah, bad you would get it a carnival oh god yeah now yeah look dude i fucking like it and I, look at that i got i got it's pictures like swipes see nice it's fucking nice dude i'm not even amenities my social life my my sex life and dating life is so dry that i can just scroll through all these pictures and show them to rick on zoom and not worry about <laughs> anything about fucking cock for yeah sure. no, there's, there's nothing there's no nudes there's no girls there's no <laughs> oh wait there's a leah there's my Aaliyah shirt no i'm look i'm busting balls um yeah so that's about it rick thank you so much for your time for your recommendation we wish grace guys falling the best and we're gonna watch you guys thank you guys uh yeah we're gonna encourage the listeners to watch you guys on social media for more news as it unfolds on that upcoming album as we're gonna encourage them to watch reeking aura on social media for all this crazy merch we're coming out with and all these shows we're playing that we're going down to florida and the carolinas during the heat wave in august i literally might die hopefully not um, we're gonna post a bunch of. Well, I'll have the uh, camera going. You know, we're gonna post yeah. some funny uh, clips and all that stuff during the uh, during that trip there. Yeah, if I'm if I die and you're filming it, just yell "World we'll Star." Post your death. Right? We yeah, will yeah. post your death or your, when you're about to die. Either we'll World's, post like before yeah. that. And hopefully that doesn't happen, and we'll post a lot about talking about um, uh, Sal. Give me give me the old World Star, and then tell tell Basile to to fill in on vocals for. Reeking aura one night. No, shout out to Pyrexia. Um, but yeah, that, Rick, that's about it. I think we're gonna wrap this up, man. Because um, when it comes to phones, uh, I gotta see if I can get Pornhub on this new one. 